welcome back to There's Always Another Podcast, a Brandon Sanderson reading and rereading podcast. As always, I'm Justin, and I'm joined by... Beth, indubitably. Carpenter Sam. (laughs) And I'm Caleb. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Has the cloning process gone wrong? Are you starting to spit out evil ones? I I don't know what you're talking about. I'm we're nowhere near Halloween. <laughs> we're, hey, we're getting there. We're, I, I count September as the, the start of autumnal slash spooky decorations. You know what we are near to is uh, my last final being over and me Ooh. having a master's. We sure are. And uh, by the time this episode drops, I will have done that. So yay. Hey. Congratulations to you, Sam. I looked at what day it is and was very worried you're about to say something else and bring this podcast <laughs> back to a topic we've brought up more than I would have expected mm. over the past couple episodes. Uh, you know what it's really close to? <laughs> uh, anyways. Halloween. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. We are close to Halloween. Spooky season grows ever longer. <laughs> I'm pretty Good. sure there were some people online who wanted it to start in, like, July. So, <laughs> this is a, a reasonable date. But yeah, we are rapidly approaching the end of Elantris here. Uh, today's episode covers the middle third of uh, part two, with a, a whopping ten chapters as the, the maximum chapter count that we're going to do. Uh, and so we saw we saw quite a bit happen, including two of our three main characters interacting in a significant amount for the first time. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and lying to each other. And lying to each other. <laughs> hey, that's politics. It's nothing personal. I didn't marry you because I loved you, because we called each other on the Seon phone every night. We Skyped. No, I think they only Skyped once, didn't they? I thought they Skyped more regularly. I thought they... Well, they at least sent letters a lot. They sent a lot of letters, yeah. but I think they only Skyped once, and it was just a very long call because they enjoyed each other's company. This is very important. This is it's very vital important. to making sure we understand this book. The frantic <laughs> flipping of pages. Continue the podcast. Well, especially because the first thing that we're going to start with talking about these chapters uh, is neither a serene nor Raiden chapter but the <laughs> the hraithan chapter that i think we all kind of wanted to get to at the end of last week's section to see his perspective of of wrapping up what was happening there so we will uh we'll, we'll get to our two strange relationship lovebirds i guess <laughs> i think that counts yeah. Don't mind me and Beth, who are both actively, definitely still looking for this information. <laughs> oh my god. Well, more importantly, if we're starting the section, we gotta turn to a page. We do. We are starting on page 394, uh, which you need to have Alan Rickman say for total authenticity. Just edit that in, Justin. Yeah, yeah put in that little clip. <laughs> Yeah, starting uh, today's section, uh, chapter 36 here. Uh, this was the the third chapter of the cycle where 
Uh, on the, the previous two, we had seen uh, Serene and Raiden's reaction to hearing that Hraithen uh, has apparently been healed. But we need to rewind just a bit and see how he is, uh, how he's doing, which at the beginning of chapter 36 is not well. <laughs> yeah, but for a so totally mundane reason of he has barely eaten or drank or moved from this spot for five days. He also just again, doubling down on, hey, maybe Hraithen's inner thoughts are not always the truth. He says, like, he knew there was no water to be had in this city. He has not looked at all. There is a fully <laughs> functional well in the center of the city. There is water. That is available. Yeah. This all seems very, like, needlessly performative to me as well. Like, who, who's he doing this for? He knows it's a potion. He knows it's, it's temporary. As he reveals later, he knows little dramatic irony for the reader not knowing but i think it kind of makes sense to stay right by the gates because anyone who does happen to be looking over is going to see him in prayer so then when he goes hey i've been healed by jadeth it it seems like that really is the cause because all he's been doing is praying and then he got healed so i i see it as yes performative but i think there is a purpose to it see if it i me. found it oh <laughs> okay <laughs> page 209 <laughs> she had a see on two and after the engagement was formalized we began to speak regularly she would call in the evenings her voice drifting from ian to captivate me we left the link open for hours sometimes boom wow. just <laughs> fuck me i guess that was worth interrupting the entire podcast for gonna throw the welcome. whole book out i've got nothing now <laughs> i'm ruined now that would be a plot twist. <laughs> we are now taking applications for a third co-host. I put every last poker chip on they only called over the sea on once, and now I have nothing. <laughs> Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> for writing your book in a way. <laughs> it would be really fu I don't think this is true. I think I, I'm simply misremembering. It would be very funny if we look through the Raiden chapters and in the same way that he can't remember Lukel's wife's name, he's also like, yeah, by my memory, I only called her once. It was really nice, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that only happened once and he just flat out does not remember. <laughs> it's because Ruin is messing with his memory. Oh no. <gasps> oh boy. <laughs> Sam, I literally cut you off in the middle of a word. I'm so sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> uh, I was just saying if it were me and I was like uh you know doing the whole oh jada healed me thing um i feel like i would just like sit on my duff and and eat from the basket and just like chill out and then as soon as guards like peeked <laughs> over the wall i'd like oh what that scramble to my knees <laughs> go back to praying i don't have the same uh, discipline as Raythan apparently i mean he kind of did do that though right because he only ate uh at night all the times during the day he's praying and then he's i, I think Again, my interpretation was like he was waiting until he figured there would be not very many people looking when he finally gave in and started eating. But yeah, he's he's going a little over the top. Um and I love that for him. Yeah. <laughs> he commits. He's thriving in his element. Away from Dilov. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. Aside from the whole <laughs> like going delirious from lack of nourishment thing. 
aside from the i think i'm about to die thing yeah right like i'm i'm literally seeing visions but uh yeah aside from all that visions of the school i dropped out of <laughs> i i think with his description of it that might be selling it a little short but it is <laughs> literally correct which does amuse me uh because yeah we've heard very very little about dakor aside that it is a uh, it is a, a monastery and that it is apparently kind of messed up. Uh, but we, we, we have the barest bit more information here. Uh, some kind of weird, like almost demonic imagery. And Hraithen's opinion that Rathbor trained assassins, Fjeldor trained spies, and Dakor trained demons. Yeah, I'm... It was very cool that we got to see Hraithen beat up two guys. I am a little worried Doc Horror is being hyped up a little too much. I feel like, you know, I, I know Hraithen dropped out, so he probably doesn't have the complete training, but I am, they're, they're really making it out like it's very spooky. And I don't know. I don't know what the payoff could be for me to be like, oh yeah, that was worth all the hype. I don't know. Demons is a very strong word. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely a uh, a promise that we're being made to figure out what the hell is up with, with Dakor. But uh, shortly after, we will have to go to other topics because uh, on the, the early afternoon of the, the fifth day, uh, Hraithen realizes that his, uh, his hair is starting to grow. Uh, and... On uh, on closer examination, the the skin condition has also worn off, and so uh, he has he he has survived, uh, become fake Elantrian, and <laughs> is now going to going to return to the outside world. Behold, I have drunk in the potion of become normal human. <laughs> I'm back, baby. He's back. <laughs> He just shouts that to the guards instead. <laughs> I do like the the very brief anticlimax where he makes his his proclamation of you know the power and glory of Lord Jadeth, and for a good a, a good period of time, nothing happens because nobody just happens to be there at this exact moment. Uh, and then you know he's getting ready to dramatically shout again. And then someone just, like, barely opens the door and peeks through. Which is <laughs> what would... Like, th this is a, a triumphant proclamation for Hraithen, but for the guards, this is a weird, never-before-seen situation that requires some caution. But yeah, the uh, the guard captain is, is convinced that Hraithen does need to be removed from Elantris. Uh, he is... He's coming out of the city. He's doing his best to kind of portray a little more strength than he actually has. Uh, an interesting note there during the 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 brief chapters where Hraithen uh, was waiting in Elantris and praying. Uh, like Elantrians get hungry for sure. That's something that they've been talking about. That kind of feeling of of pervasive hunger. But Hraithen actually did need to eat and drink. And was, you know, starving and dehydrated. So he was he was taking it even worse than that. But uh, it turns out some things have happened while he was in here. 
because uh, he is he is exiting Elantris in a uh, a into a city where Iodon no longer rules and is in fact dead in just five days. So there's some catching up to do. What happened? <laughs> but real quick, um, when he's exiting the city, uh, you know he he does. Uh, let me see. Uh, enjoy your damnation, my friends. Wraithen whispered, then motioned for the guards to shut the gate. How do you motion for someone to shut something? Do you kind of go like that, or like, would you say yeah. it's more like a this? I think it's the first one. The first yeah. one, yeah. A little bit. But what I'm saying is like, there's no hand motion for like <laughs> close something. I'm just picturing like shutting a book, maybe. Or then... I think if if you just like wave in the right direction. There's only yeah. one direction that the gates can go. I, yeah, I kind of interpret it as like a a gesture that mimics like closing a door, um, yeah. closing the door behind him, and the guards are like, "Oh, okay, we'll do that." It's not very dramatic looking, though. <laughs> it's just a full round of charades, like two words. <laughs> I really wanted my last words to be the the uh, goodbye, enjoy your damnation, so I can't say it. But I can't communicate for them to shut the gates. And I I would say that we're being a little silly overanalyzing that, but we've seen that Prathen is very conscious of the presentation and the drama of a situation. So he probably was thinking about that, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a flair for the dramatic. Uh, But getting back to your point, like, yeah, so uh, Iodon has has hung himself and... uh, Hraithan is confused, and uh, to be fair to him, he probably didn't have Iodon sacrifices a girl fully in the buck in a literal sewer and then hangs himself in prison on his bingo card. So, nor did I. Huge oversight. I was this close to putting that on my bingo card, but I didn't get around to it. Yeah, he's accustomed to the pace the rest of this book was going at. <laughs> and now that all the, the guns have started firing, he's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. Hang on, hang on not, a minute. Did not realize he was in Act 2 all of a sudden. <laughs> so yeah, he's got uh, he's got some catching up to do. But uh, the first thing that he is is going to do is is just continue uh, the, the presentation of this moment. Uh, he is going to return to the chapel. He's going to... Uh, declare what has happened that that the power of Jadith has brought him out of Elantris and uh, we'll get into a bit more of it as we go through some some Hraithan chapters and so, something else but we have uh, we've been looking for the incoming possible Hraithdemption and what we have here is a massive doubling down <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not it's not. It's not looking too good. Got a redemption, guys. It's not. It's, it's, we're, in a, we're in a rough spot. I have faith. I have I faith also of the do. heart. I also do because I'm remembering that Caesar did not become the hero of ages until like four pages before the end of the book. It could still happen, but <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is not uh, following the standard redemption arc I was expecting. All I'm saying is, if he's going to redeem himself, you better hurry the fuck up, because there's a lot of gears grinding right now. There's only so many guns left, one of them's got to be redemption, and if it's not, you're going to run out of guns. So, uh, another thing that this uh, th- that this momentous occasion has done, 
not only does it give Hraithan something to show to the people of of K, uh, but it also really upsets the the kind of tipping balance that had been happening between him and Diloph. Uh, because he he returns to uh the the temple, he he gives his his proclamations, uh, and then when they when they return to their closed quarters, uh Dilof uh apologizes. He he says your faith is is strong uh and you must deserve to to be the Yarn and I I was wrong to doubt you. For a second I thought you were gonna say that it had really upset Dilof. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. It did really yeah. upset Dilof, it's true. Um can you imagine if Diloph had quaffed it instead? How how much of a fucking calamity that would be? It would not be. It would it would be bad for Rathen's big plans. Yeah. Which is like that's wild. That like that was his plan A. Because I guess I'm still of the opinion that because spoiler alert, Diloph does not get the other potion. Um, I was wrong about that. Um, I'm still of the opinion that that would have been a good, a, potentially a good way risky but potentially a good way to take him out because i feel like if he became a lantry and he would just probably give up completely um and then would probably get killed by some other lantrians once he's tossed in there but that could absolutely backfire if he does the exact same thing Rathen did and then yeah Diloph kind of has to be basically in charge after that um yeah it's interesting we also get um Rathen's kind of like solving his own logic puzzle of how he can still say this was all Jedeth's thing of yes it was a hoax yes i faked it but Jadeth allowed that to work and thus mm-hmm. i still give glory to Jadeth for this um it's very it's again it's more it's more misborn dna but like again another weird twist of Sezed uh being like you can interpret something as a miracle or you can interpret it as a coincidence um, and it's kind of up to you. And Raythan's like, well, the fact that the plan went so well, the fact that the guard heard me, those are all part of the miracle of Jadeth. Um, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. It's, it's, it, it's, you can still see why Raythan basing his faith in logic alone has some fallacies, but he's also able to kind of convince himself that it's not a fallacy. It's still fine. It's fine. Able to twist. It, it, uh, this just—it feels like convoluted logic. But you know what? If if Raithen likes it, then more. Go ahead, buddy. Big ups to Raithen. We're big Raithen fans in this house. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the first time this book that we have not had to immediately retract the phrase "big ups." Yeah. <laughs> and he's still the villain. He's yeah. still the villain. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of doing villainous things uh the next thing that he does when he's alone well first he he checks on his burner phone yeah Um, (laughs) oh shit my burner phone is it okay great bye that's fine bye exactly (laughs) uh and and he does note that his things have been gone through because they they thought he was gone forever uh but the the Sion appears to have been uh undiscovered but the next thing he does after that is he contacts an assassin uh, and gives them a mm-hmm. task. So, yeah, good uh, good start from there. Well, wait, the next thing he does is he fucking downs a whole bottle of wine and falls asleep. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't entirely blame him there. There's no water around, so... Yeah. <laughs> he drank a careful amount of wine. What is a careful amount of wine? If it's care, if it's careful and yet it makes you fall asleep, I feel like it's a little more than careful. <laughs> well, okay, he's had a lot that he has a, had a busy day, so maybe he it has. just yeah. <laughs> he has had a busy day. But it it could be I have carefully decided that this will be enough to make me pass the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of want it to be that trope of you have the bottle, you have a cup, and he's very carefully pouring a specific amount to the cup, mm-hmm. and then he looks at them both and goes. All right, that's the right amount. And then downs the entire bottle and the cup is being left yep. over. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, measure out a careful amount and then just drink the amount that he does not pour. <laughs> There's also, like, a detail here that I don't... It, it seemed like it was just designed to throw me off, Brandon. <laughs> he asks Fortin for two doses of potion and then he gets four, but then two of them just break off screen. So what's even the point of having the two extra? Why even put that in there, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, I fully forgot that he received two extra. So when we got to the part where he gets the potion, it's like, four vials were in the box. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Don't worry about that. They're gone now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, our chapter closes here on a full-on, like, ominous, spooky lighting the uh, the assassin requests the name of their target and Hraithan smiles and the chapter closes. So, uh, Hraithdemption possible in the future, but uh, he should probably not have done whatever he just did. It's not, it's not looking good right now. Onwards then to uh, chapter 37. New cycle of chapters, new Aeon symbol. Uh, the thing in the center there is definitely a football. Yeah, it's got the stitches and everything. Exactly. I, I, I saw this as just like a, like a ribbon. And you know how the ribbon like gets folded to, so that there's a cool little circle in the... It's, I just saw it as one big ribbon. It's one object and it's a ribbon. Well, it's better than the next one. Yeah, next one's sus. I didn't like the, I didn't like the next one. <laughs> it's a little sus. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Ah. We'll get uh, there. So... Yeah, uh, we're we're back to Raiden. Uh There's an interesting kind of weird thing where the opening line of this chapter is it struck while Raiden was studying uh, and without any differentiating what it is, uh, the thing that has suddenly struck multiple characters in this book uh, is the Shayad, but that's already happened to him, so... <laughs> Uh, no, this Double time, it, this oh, time it's just shayad. debilitating pain. Hmm. <laughs> and it's not the beat. He does not feel it as the beat. <laughs> then he felt it. You mean that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's not doing well in the moment. There's a uh, a brief uh, few moments of an enormous amount of pain, which he's talking to. Uh, to Galadon about who's there to help him uh, and says you know that's it was it was the pain of Elantris that just overtook me Uh, you know one of those waves where it increases and Galadon says it doesn't do that it's definitely just steady so what's going on with you 
and uh the 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 conclusion that he that he comes to is that it feels like the uh the power of the door is trying to escape wherever it's stuck and it's currently trying to escape through him uh which doesn't feel good because <laughs> uh, Karada points out that he was in fact literally glowing he's the special one he's My the main special character boy. <laughs> he is the main character it's true uh yeah the, that description of like this unthinking but very all-powerful entity um of uh of describing the door is it's kind of terrifying it's, it's it's that was that was a good spooky description yeah it's uh it's one of those things where it's interesting to to contrast how much we know about the magic in this compared to mistborn because like very early on in mistborn we got the mechanical how-to in a, a decent amount of detail and there were there were discoveries that we made later but we got a very good baseline and then even uh through things like vin talking with marsh we got some some more kind of uh like academic background but at this point in elantris we we kind of know how to actually do the magic even though it doesn't work and we know only a very very little amount about uh the actual kind of forces behind it and so yeah what's happening to Rayodin here nobody really knows what he and galadon and karata talk about following that though is that Rayodin feels like these incidents are getting worse and they're going to keep getting worse and that one day he's not going to be able to make it uh, so they they reiterate that that promise to take him to the mysterious pool in the mountains uh, if the day comes where he can't he can't keep it together anymore and then they start uh thinking about what just happened with Rathen. this galadon says well maybe there's a way out of here maybe we could be healed like the gyorn was uh, and Rayodin is is very suspect his the thing that he is suspicious of is not quite what happened but he does have a, a good instinct for the kind of performative aspect of it of uh well it it sure would look very good for shudereth if we could get the the Gjorn out of elantris and tell everyone he'd been healed so right instinct not quite the the right conclusion but uh there's there's definitely a suspicion there yeah, that's something about this kind of juggling narrative thing I've really enjoyed is all of the characters not having the complete picture and they keep being pretty close to piecing things together, but often for the wrong, being right for the wrong reasons. Um, I don't know, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It has similar energy to Serene being like, maybe Rayodin isn't dead or maybe like his parents did something to like hide him away somewhere maybe he's been murdered it's like okay he wasn't murdered but he is kind of sort of dead and hiding hiding away so like seven out of ten right but there's there's really no way for them to know for sure right now because Frathen is gone and they're still stuck here in Elantris uh, so we'll head on to see what is happening with Serene 
And uh, oh boy, things are happening with Serene. <laughs> yep. Every time Serene describes Raithen, it gets cooler because now he's described <laughs> as a bloodied metal statue. That's just a really cool image. It just sounds it really cool. Um, that did remind me. I've 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 really enjoyed all of these like characters just barely seeing each other. Um, there was one in the last Raithen chapter, which was Raithen is walking down the street and he happens to see Serene popping her head out of her carriage briefly. That one was a little goofy. I thought that one was <laughs> was kind of silly. Um, but um, aside from that, yeah, I love all these kind of keeping an eye on each other from a distance scenes. Yeah. Trayton's outgrown his chapel. Instead, he's preaching on the edge of town on the dinky little non-Euclidean wall that surrounds the city. It doesn't sound like an upgrade, but I guess if the crowds <laughs> are there, then uh, you do what you got to do. Did we How do are there bridges over the wall? wall? Being non- oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. How, the, <laughs> how the, the wall is, is simultaneously a wall and a moat. <laughs> depending on where you look at the map. That sounds yeah, cool that... as hell. I want that around my house. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm defended by non-Euclidean geometry. No burglars will ever get in. So the start of the, the Serene chapter, uh, we have, again, uh, Serene is very suspicious of this whole endeavor uh, and doesn't get the right answer, but her and her, her whole group are saying... You know, maybe it was it was just a disguise. Uh, maybe the priests were in on it. Uh, I'm very suspicious of uh, Shudin saying, come on, have you ever tried to bribe a Karathi priest? And Lukel going, no comment. But uh, yeah, they uh, they don't uh, they don't know what to what to make of this. Shortly after that, we have uh, the arrival of. Uh, a a late arrival for a new character to this book. Things had, had kind of calmed down, uh, but we heard them mentioned previously. Uh, here is uh, Sinalan, the other Pope, the, the <laughs> patriarch of Shukorath, who arrives and also makes quite a show. <laughs> As I wrote in my notes, hey, it's the arrival of What's-His-Nuts. Sinalan, yeah, that guy, Seinfeld. I'm going to call him <laughs> Jerry from here on out, and I do. <laughs> He's played by Jerry Seinfeld. I call him Jerry. Oh my god! Not, not played in by Jerry flowing... Seinfeld. It's a twist. Oh, <laughs> but he's playing Jerry Seinfeld. Now I'm just picturing Jerry Seinfeld in a flowing golden wig. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that like really stands out about this guy uh, is that he is like he is notably good looking. He's pretty. He's and a pretty he knows boy. It. Yeah. And he knows it. Yeah, that too. What else could you ask for from your Pope? <laughs> Good job, Jerry. <laughs> Good job getting all dolled up for everybody. I mean, we we learn in just the next section when uh, when Sinalon has gone to where he's staying and they get to, to talk again. Uh, apparently this was a very uh, intentional move where when uh when Wolfden became the the leader of Shudareth, uh he was apparently a you know a, a a young man who was uh ready to go take action and and all that and 
Shukorath, the, the leaders of Shukorath went, oh, we can't have like a, a weak old man as our leader. So we need, <laughs> we need this guy. Yeah. Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> I love that detail. It's surprisingly cynical about like the quote good guy religion of this book. Yeah, the Pope of the good guy religion was picked for image alone. I think that's hilarious. I think it's funny what Lukell was expecting. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned how much he puts up a big show, and Lukell's like, oh, I was hoping there'd be more of a, a, a ruckus. <laughs> I was hoping you'd get into an argument with literally the Pope. <laughs> I mean, it would be fun to watch. Like, let's be honest, it would be fun to watch Serene debate the Pope. There's also kind of a, a notch back down uh, when they they realize that Lukell and uh, Serene in particular are very irreverent about this whole thing. Uh, Eondel does remind them, like, this is a holy man and he does represent that power and we should be respectful. Which is a fair point. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, at this point, I was still kind of weirded out that Jerry was there for the funeral. Like, did he not? I was thinking to myself before I knew what the point of him being there was. Like, did you not hear about how Iodon fucking iced the girl in the sewer? <laughs> well, as Royal will tell us, let's not worry about that today. That's not important. Like, we don't have to talk about that part. <laughs> what the the line, just a couple of sentences lower, pagan murderer or not, Iodon was once my friend. <laughs> like, what can possibly follow the beginning of a sentence pagan murderer or not <laughs> i mean there's, there's there's something to be said of royale's conflicted feelings of hey i used to consider him a friend so it's very hard for me to come to terms with this but no this is flat out like pagan murderer or not he deserves to be treated well it's like yeah uh, that's okay that's it's that's that's a take <laughs> Omen doesn't have that kind of positivity about it. <laughs> yeah, no. Omen said, uh, no, we will not hold a, a service in a Karathi chapel, given what just happened. Royal's friend or not, he's still a pagan murderer. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's the part where he murdered several young women. So they are, uh, they are going to conduct the funeral uh, in the, the throne room which creates a, a kind of symmetry where the uh, you'll, you'll have the funeral for the, uh, the, the old uh, reign. And then very shortly after you'll have uh, serene and Royal's wedding, which will then also lead in theory to a coronation. So there's a, a kind of balance there that doesn't happen. And I'm no. sure it will all go according to plan. Yeah. I just love the decorations for both a wedding and a funeral. <laughs> Saving money, you know? Yeah. There, there is the detail of the plan is Royal and Serena gets married and Royal just immediately walks over to sit down on the throne. That's a power move I really did actually want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see a raise between like Tellery and Royal. <laughs> <laughs> For the well, two, like, 80-year-olds? 
yeah. playing musical chairs. <laughs> I do. Go! <laughs> and there's like, they're throwing like banana peels at each other to try and slow <laughs> each other down. Uh, so yeah, it is, uh, it is time for a funeral. And uh, they do note that it is a, uh, a rather short affair, uh, presumably much shorter than it would have been for otherwise for the, the passing of the, the head of the country. And uh, Royal says a few words about uh, Iodon's kind of early days. And, uh, and, and then says, you know, that's, that's all we should say about that. Quote, he warned them against making the same mistake as the king. Against the mistake of being a serial killer? Remember. Hey, kids. <laughs> we had a lot of fun here today. Remember, don't serial kill. It's bad. Leans down on the, on the rostrum and is like, listen, I'm going to rap with you for a second. <laughs> like a, sub- a substitute teacher like rolls the sleeves up. It's like, hey, guys, I just want to have a quick yeah. chat. But as the uh, as the event is concluding, uh, we see one of the the reasons that Sinalon has made this travel, uh, which is that he has a uh, a proclamation to make. Uh, we see that he is a a perfect fit for this ongoing conflict uh, with Hraithan and Serene, uh, because he walks up to the crowd and melodramatically pulls a scroll from his sleeve. <laughs> So, yeah, everybody in this whole damn book are just pointless drama hounds. Good. Yeah. But uh, what he is is here for is to say that over 10 years ago, uh, Idon had uh, given him a, a, a message that would be conveyed after his death uh, in that he is here as basically just as the most official person Iodon could could go to uh, in that like you you can trust that this was properly done and and is actually what Iodon had said 10 years ago and what he does is he throws out the whole uh monetary rank thing just just upends the whole system of government that we've been fighting over for two-thirds of this book <laughs> you know what i like the attitude of like let them fight yeah <laughs> but but at the same time um with an eye toward like later on in the section what the fuck was the point of this the titles are frozen okay but then like nothing changes it is it is funny to make this announcement now, and then immediately it's like, well, it's still either Royal or Tellery, because they're still the richest. It's like, yeah, what, but then why? <laughs> what? What is supposed to happen now? Yeah, and like Royal, Royal points out that this is kind of a good thing for them, because with him marrying Serene, that is a, a direct tie uh, to Iodon's house. So, like, that's a good thing there. But... It also doesn't sound like it's absolute, so I don't know. I kind of see it as maybe just a way of, like, 
no takesy backsies. Whoever wins this one, <laughs> they'll they'll stay. Whereas before it was like, well, Elon might be overthrown. But then next year, if we can get richer than him, maybe we can take over the throat again. And now it's like, no, no, this is the deciding moments. Whoever gets king gets made king now is going to have it for the long haul. But yeah, I agree. It was a little weird that everyone heard the announcement and was just like, anyways, still might be Tellery. So yeah, following the uh, the announcement that may or may not change things, we're not sure yet. Uh, it's time for the rest of the funeral, which is a uh, which is how it goes. Uh, they they do you know, it. It looks a lot like a funeral that we might expect, where there's a, there's a procession. They go to the the burial site. They're there at the burial. Uh, there is the note that apparently in the uh, the the Tio tradition that this is being modeled after. Uh, you would walk all the way to the burial site. Uh, and Royal being very practical in his organizational uh, methods, uh, it says, well, people aren't going to walk, want to walk. So we will, we'll have carriages. Why worry about disrespect? This is after all only Iodon. Look, pagan murderer or not, he deserves to have a proper <laughs> funeral, Sam. That's true. That's right. Yeah, you you have uh, you have Royal, uh, pagan murderer or not, and then Serene. It's only Iodon. But even even Royal, after the quote pagan murderer or not moment, he still like lined up all the carriages, and then instead of finding a, a proper grave site to excavate. They just kind of find a natural depression in the ground that they dig a bit deeper and then chuck some more dirt on. I love that detail. <laughs> just like a little pit. Like, uh, Here, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. That'll... Like, I know they could bring more dirt in, but the implication would be there's still going to be a depression pit there right because they're just going to fill it back up with the dirt that was there <laughs> and then there's still not going to be enough dirt to make it even with the rest of the ground <laughs> it turns out though that neither our characters nor us have uh, all that much time to dwell on it because it's time for a wedding yay yay, yay. <laughs> we're all so excited because it's all going to go exactly according to plan. Yeah. Weird that Hraithen's here, but that's fine, I guess. That's fine. He's just excited for them, guys. <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's just so overjoyed with the fact that he's healed that he's just a good person now. Uh, yeah, let's kind of skip to the end of the chapter here, because there's a... I mean, there's some, some good stuff here where Serene is, is taking a moment to contemplate where things have gone you know she's she says she had long assumed that there was going to be a, a political marriage for her like that that she'd kind of gotten over and there was this there was this delightful period where marrying Rayodin was going to be a a political marriage that also brought her a, a lot of joy from the the man that she was going to marry uh, but that's something that she's had to put aside and now here again is is in a marriage that is very transactional of trying to 
consolidate power and put someone on, on the throne. Uh, and that's uh, that's apparently how it's going to go for about another page. Uh, because on, literally on the, the, the moment of the wedding at the altar, uh, the Sheod has apparently come for Serene. Uh, immediately following that, we have the shortest chapter in the book. So, of course, it's Raithen. Uh, which is it is literally the same scene it's just now we get to uh, we get to see what he thinks of this and yes this is where the other uh, potion of become a lantrian has gone uh, it managed to have its effect literally just in time because the the wedding has been delayed chaos ensues they can probably put Telri on the throne and yeah, in his mind, the conquest of Aralon was almost complete. I just, we heard from Fortin, it takes like about eight hours for the effects to show up. Timing had to have been like perfect for this to go down the way it did. I imagine he would have been fine with it happening earlier. I suppose. I, I think the, the drama of the moment certainly ends up serving him even better the way that it turns out That's so uh thank you to brandon for writing a book in which that can happen yeah <laughs> i just want to see if we can brainstorm and figure out when did hraithan give her the potion well he said he specifically that's what the assassin was for right so i I, I assume that was a completely off-screen thing because I don't I was I was keeping an eye out for Serene drinking or eating anything. I don't think we get any uh, point where we see that happen. Um, so I assume that was convenient. Rathbor assassin is just very good at his job. <gasps> oh, I missed holding up the last vial of potion. Damn. I skimmed over it. I thought that I thought that a uh, old Dothgen was gonna kill somebody but i'm i skimmed over like those five words and missed the point entirely <laughs> okay all right i'm back <laughs> we're, we're good <laughs> it was that moment serene stuck her head out of the carriage Dustin just yeeted the potion in through the other window <laughs> just a water balloon a potion to become a lantern <laughs> exactly was that before Hraithen even asked him to do the poisoning? Maybe. Don't He's worry just about that, that good at his job. <laughs> Serene peeked out the carriage door. Suddenly, a water balloon hit her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's probably nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been checking through um, Brandon's annotations, which I haven't been referencing much this book, but I wanted to see uh, if there was anything about when that happened uh and i don't see anything uh i do just have the the end of the annotation for this chapter where serene is is poisoned uh the the annotation just ends well poor serene i'm sure she'll bounce though <laughs> i think what it actually is is that zane actually hired someone to just be right in the exact place in order to make this work perfectly <laughs> And even though that might seem like a bit of a stretch, that's just the explanation. That's all we get. So, Raythan. 
I also just, before we move on to chapter 40, I did just want to say, I know we made a lot of jokes about some hot button topics over the past couple of episodes. And I just want to say, we're, we're going to get away from that. No more like talking about, you know, politically charged issues or anything like that. Um, I think we can, we can move beyond that. Um, so how about this symbol just, for chapter 40? New... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> this is okay. So if you're not, reading along with us and looking at these symbols this one looks an awful lot like a swastika like it's it's pretty dang close yeah Yeah. and the the frustrating thing as someone who likes to doodle geometric patterns is that it's really easy to make fourfold rotational patterns that end up accidentally looking like a swastika it is deeply frustrating yeah i think another another bit i have seen on like instagram reels and tiktoks is someone like drawing the bluetooth symbol but the specific lines they start with the whoever's watching it happen is like uh uh and then they (laughs) they complete the symbols like oh okay but it it, okay so there's one kind of point here uh because it does have the little dotty do's you know next to the thing so it's kind of (laughs) i'm describing it so well uh, it's it looks more like a Hindu swastika than a Nazi swastika, so I guess that's better. It is better, yeah. I would I would say that it's still it is, iffy to yeah. use it at all, but yeah, it's a little. Yeah, little, I think if you're a professional there. artist doing professional art for this professional book, and then the book gets re-released, gets like a special ten-year re-release, ten years later. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you should uh, maybe you should make some edits to which aeons you choose. Yeah. Let's uh, look at the content of this chapter, shall we? Anyways, Yay. yes. Uh, yeah, we're continuing with uh, with this section being the highest by chapter count. We are just kind of rattling through a bunch of of quick chapters here. So forty is another short one before forty one. We'll have quite a bit more going on uh we have a little bit for uh the inside the the inside elantris group to do before some events transpire uh and one thing that rayodin is pondering is if you think about the the old elantris and the way that the walls were kind of more of a decorative separator than an actual guard structure there's probably a way to get up to the walls from in here Uh, and they have been guarded in the past but the guard is uh, mysteriously absent Raiden doesn't really have a way of knowing why that is it's because they're now kind of Telri's personal army Uh, but yeah there's uh, there's maybe a way to to get up there uh, and Galadon thinks that, that he can find them a stair. This whole process is interrupted by Serene arriving in Elantris. And yeah, here here we have, aside from the, the very brief negotiations during the, the food handout, Raoden and Serene actually being part of the same section of the plot for the first time in this book. It, it took us quite a while. The intro is a little bit weird, with the sentence, the newcomer turned out to be a she. Notably, at no point in the previous conversation did anyone imply it was a he. And there's a 50-50 chance, pretty much. I don't... 
the sentence is portrayed as if that is meant to be a twist and it's like i don't i don't know why Raiden would be surprised about that it's, <laughs> it's highly likely that that could happen just surprised at the, the appearance of a woman in this book look there's so few of them <laughs> they're not memorable <laughs> yeah that would be it should have been the newcomer turned out to be a memorable woman <laughs> and Raiden's like oh shit I mean, she is. <laughs> Meanwhile, Karata's like two feet behind him, like, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently Serene had uh, quite the reaction to being sent to Elantris, which is understandable. Uh, but at this point has uh, is kind of falling back on the the kind of weird humor of it all of you know who who even knows what's going on even anymore and yeah uh Raiden is here uh she knows him only as spirit and they didn't exactly part on good terms uh so he tries to to convince her to come along and rightfully points out that she never really gave him a chance to to earn trust. She just assumed that he was untrustworthy. So we're going to we're going to try this all again in very different circumstances. Uh and chapter 41 uh is our largest chapter of the section and it's it's time for Serene and Raiden to actually uh have some time together. But first we get four straight pages of serene taking a ride in the shame car as she sees all of her <laughs> terrible gifts and them still trying to do their best with it and her being like oh now i feel bad yeah there's a lot of uh of recontextualization going on here we also get Rayodin uh just popping back to 2004 on the internet and saying your argument is invalid new lantris is pretty therefore your argument is invalid <laughs> that, that was, was a, a weird thing. line <laughs> especially because this is the, the dumb dead space 3 thing i was complaining about last week of the moment of yeah you're right i'm terrible i've never done anything correctly i'm a tyrant i'm horrible and then here we are two chapters later and he's like see you were wrong why did you think that about me like, pick, pick a lane and Serene's response of, I can see that. It's just like, yeah, damn, man, you um, were right. <laughs> you should have said literally anything in your defense. I guess I would have believed it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was interesting uh, at the the end of the the food distribution when that all went wrong and there were accusations of tyranny. And we were talking about like the way that, that Brandon's books treat the subject of tyranny. Uh, I was thinking ahead to this, where when they actually do have time to uh, expand on that a little bit more, a lot of it kind of gets walked back of, mm -hmm. like, I don't know if Riordan really is that much of a, like, I don't know if I'd apply the word tyrant. He's He's unilaterally leading, but he's kind of doing it just because people are coming up to him looking for a leader. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's a weird kind of whiplash between that and then coming to this chapter. 
It's it is interesting because yeah, I think his most tyrannical decision we talked about last thing because I you were talking just of like people keep coming up to him and it's like yeah, it's all voluntary and then I remembered like the only choice he's taken away is the choice for them to go in the pool and Raiden doesn't even feel bad about that. He's fine making that decision. <laughs> yeah, and, and it it is noted in this chapter as Serene is taking her shame to her that like everyone fucking loves this guy. It's like. There's a, a, there was a true acceptance in their voices, displaying a level of loving respect Serene had rarely seen given to a leader. It's like, okay, so we're good? We're just fine with this? Okay, cool. There's a... I think it's almost always used in, in this context. Uh, it's used for a lot of uh, big open software projects. Uh, where the the leadership model is described as a benevolent dictator for life. Where I believe this is not the first time you've brought up this model on this podcast. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> but give me the refresher. I, I, I do not actually remember all of it. The idea is that usually the person who starts the project is just kind of de facto in charge of anything that, that ultimately comes down to a single person decision. And for the most part, they let things run by, you know, committee or consensus or whatever it happens to be. But they are there for if you do need someone to say, okay, we are doing this thing. They are the person who does that. And they just have that position until they decide to give it up. And that's kind of what's happened with Rayodin here. Hmm. At one point during the shame tour, they see Tan doing a little carving and Raiden's like oh yes that's what we we used the bent nails for we we had a hard time figuring out what to do with that there were it was noted there were thousands of them he goes through them real quick we got one (laughs) we got one bent nail and that's we threw the rest out (laughs) it's like the the carpenters that you work with Beth yeah Time Todd picks one up, he just hurls a fistful into old Elantris. It will never come back to bite them. I was also like, I know it's not easy and it's not fun and it's not ideal. And I'm sure this is not possible for every single nail. You can unbend nails quite often. That's that's not <laughs> an impossible task. And they have nothing but time. Yeah. It's true. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention was uh, just the new Elantris facts that we get. Um, it's maybe 50 buildings, which is, quote, not very large. Uh, maybe 500 residents, which is not many people. Those are pretty good stats. How yeah. the fuck do guards not see the gleaming white spot in Elantris? That has 50 buildings and 500 people. Wouldn't they be like, where is everybody? They're very I... bad at their jobs. Well, the where is everybody thing is a very valid question because with with Shay Shay I always Shayor, Shayor. not Shayod with Shayor gone, um, pretty much everyone is probably in New Elantris at this point. Right, it's either New Elantris or just wandering on your own. <laughs> right, I'll I'll give uh, the guards slight credit if it's only fifty buildings and Elantris is like a big full on city. And New Elantris is also towards the center of the city. There's a chance you, like, really can't see it very well from the, the walls. 
Um, but I don't know. I might be making excuses for guards who have been canonically confirmed to be rather lazy. So I don't know why I'm doing that, but that was my thought. It's a little interesting uh, where Serene says, there cannot be tyranny where there is love. Yes, just ask the Branch Davidians. You're right. Oh, boy. <laughs> cannot be tyranny where there is love, eh? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely leaving that in. <laughs> so after uh, Serene gets the whole tour, uh, or near the end of it, uh, the the two of them start to actually kind of get to know each other uh, as when they've the, when they've arrived at the chapel serene is able to recognize it as such because she can she recognizes some of the scenes that are in the the carvings uh which Raiden had completely missed so she gets to kind of <laughs> make fun of him for not paying attention because presumably he was taught this at some point uh he definitely completely lies about who he is again uh serene even says it could be the truth like <laughs> she's still in this very political gamesmanship mindset of i mean he could be lying to me about who he is but at this point what am i going to do about it i don't I, I think we might get a little bit of justification later on I still don't quite get why Rayodin is still keeping up the facade. I, like, both of them have full reason to believe they are stuck in Elantris forever now. Right. Is, is Can we not just, can on Rayodin's end, can he not just kind of be like, hey, by the way, this is a little awkward, but we're, we, we, I, I, that's, that's specifically what it is. I think, it, I think we find out his justification is he doesn't want her to feel obligated, but I don't know. You can still say, hey, this doesn't have to be valid since we're technically dead. I just felt like you should know who I really am. I don't quite <laughs> see why this needs to be a secret still. Seriously, because we're in, like, this approximation of, like, the afterlife at this point. Like, right. Nobody, you're never getting out. Who cares? Yeah, What? and what's the end game? At some point, are you just, like, two months later, are you just like, surprise? And then she's like, why the fuck have you been lying to me this whole time? It's just politics. It's just politics, man. Followed by a tongue click and a point. A tap <laughs> on the cheek. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, so they're, they're getting to know each other is interrupted by the door trying to kill Raiden again. Uh, which is really inconvenient. That's, that's pro-level getting out of an awkward conversation is starting to glow and then seizing on the ground. Yeah, I think I'm having a heart attack. I'll be right back. <laughs> he glows when he lies. He's like Pinocchio. <laughs> There's definitely a story that I'm very vaguely remembering, and I'm not going to find a conclusion to this, of someone interrupting a conversation by saying, hang on, I'm about to have some sort of medical episode, and then that happening. But I cannot remember where that's going at all, so never mind. I think... The scene that leaped into my mind was from Mistborn Era 2, where a, a conversation abruptly ends on a medical emergency. That's not what I was thinking of, but that is a good scene. That will get okay. to actually not as far off as some other stuff. It's a good one. Aha. Uh -huh. 
I was thinking of the episode from Seinfeld where George thinks he's having a heart attack. And I can't remember if that's the same episode if the reason why he's feeling bad is the reveal of um, he got his tonsils taken out as a kid and inexplicably they have grown back. And that's what's causing <laughs> him so much pain. Um, it's, it's, George is a very fun character and I, I he's, he's great. Seinfeld is a fun <laughs> show. Can I just say... We are now an hour into this, and that was our first verifiable Oh Shit the Book moment. We've been so on topic. I've been so proud of us. It's a brave new world for Always Another Podcast. (laughs) I'm more focused on attuned. Oh shit, the book. The book! (laughs) So, yeah, with with Raiden experiencing some sort of divine power incident uh notably this is powerful enough that serene even feels it so that's a lot and then it uh it 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 all comes to a a, a stop finally and rayodin just tries to kind of go back to where he was of uh you know serene is is like well, what just happened and he's like no that just that just happens sometimes to me. It's just like, a, don't I, I just deal with it. Oh shit, the tour. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so Serene has to kind of get caught up to speed on all of the magical things that they've uh, been discovering. And this uh, threw me for a bit before I realized that Serene is from uh, Tiad and did not grow up next to Elantris. Uh, but. <laughs> She is very dismissive of Aeon Dor, uh, although it does note that she's uh, not very solid about that because of the literal magic that just happened in front of her. But uh, yeah, she doesn't think there's anything to Aeon Dor. Uh, Raiden says, well, you know, we have these immortal yet eternally in pain bodies Seons are floating around. All oh, that's fine, but Aeondor, no, that's that's nonsense. A bridge <laughs> too far. And then he uh he does a magic. And uh immediately Serene wants to know everything about it. Which I think from what we've seen of her, that definitely definitely makes sense. It was it was weird of Brandon to just input a bunch of Phil Collins lyrics right after that. Uh, paragraph ah. break, but I think it adds a lot to the scene. She Come wants to know. <laughs> Can you show her? She wants to know more about Aeonder. <laughs> hey, that works pretty well. I wrote it in my notes. Caleb, you and I are the hey. same mind. Wait, that actually was a, a pre-existing thing. Let's I wrote go. that in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> Good, because we all need to recognize how hard Phil Collins went on that soundtrack. He didn't have to do it, but he did it for us. <laughs> there we, we have it. Uh, documented evidence that you're not going to see because we never post any of these note snippets that both Sam and Caleb made a Phil Collins reference at this point. <laughs> I'll probably throw that on the Twitter and Mastodon. <laughs> I also, I have my fingers crossed, and we gotta keep it a, a secret for now. If you did not officially cast Jerry Seinfeld as Say Nolan, Sam, and you have cast someone else, 
I have my fingers crossed we might actually have overlap there. There's a chance. Oh, there Ooh. is. We'll see. Possible. We'll see. All right. And then we learned that Raiden lectured Serene about Andor until she cried. <laughs> that is both a true statement and also wildly misleading. Can we? I just want to like the first three sentences lead you to believe that that's what happened. It wasn't until later, after nightfall, that Serene finally allowed herself to cry. Spirit had spent the better part of the day explaining all he knew of Andor. Apparently, he had done some extensive research on the subject. All of that implies that it was because of his lecture. <laughs> I do like that interpretation. She's just watching these beautiful magical symbols appear, tears in her eyes like, get through it, Serene. I'm so bored. <laughs> Honestly, if you read the whole paragraph, you could interpret it as tears of joy. She's enjoying learning so much and she has to hold herself back from crying. <laughs> but no, it turns out to simply be... Uh, I have been condemned to this place forever, literally on the day of my marriage, again, and this sucks, and she gets the chance to have a good cry about it. Small potatoes. <laughs> yeah, get it together, girl. <laughs> yeah, Royale just appears for half a second and is like, get yourself together, come on, we can't keep doing this, and then leaves. Oh, he does his motivational speech again. So, yeah, Serene does have... This is the second uh, of our... I guess technically at this point, all three of our main characters have been put into Elantris. Uh, one of them very intentionally had a very different reaction to it. Uh, but, yeah, this is tremendously... This is life-ruining, and, and she needs to have some time to come to terms with that yeah she starts feeling homesick for the first time and thinks about how she'll never see her father mother or brother again and i'm i know for all you people who are loyalists to the serene's mom is dead theory i know there's <laughs> dozens of you out there i know it's not looking good but if you think about it she probably didn't take any uh -huh. portraits of her mother with her to mm. Aralon. So the only mm -hmm. way to see her mother's face would have to be to go back home. And that's mm -hmm. why she's really sad. Of course. Also, this is the first time we've heard her brother mentioned, isn't it? I Okay, I, I was... <laughs> I actually chatted with Beth about this. I also wrote down in my notes, did we know she had a brother? I think we did know that. But it's, it is passed over very quickly. Let me find it. <laughs> I'm sure she and Rayodin talked about it on one of their copious <laughs> phone calls over the Seons. It was it was when she was like, "Dad, no one likes me because I have a brother who's gonna the kids are gonna be." That's where is it? I, we we agreed that the reason she is here looking for a marriage is because she knows she's never going to get the throne, and the reason for that is because she has a brother. Aha. Okay. Oh, it's. On page 234. <laughs> That's way too late in the book to be learning this information. That should not be that far in. Uh, now that Tiorn has children, no husband of mine would end up on the throne. So they do not directly say, now that my brother Tiorn, they just sort of throw out that name and you have to assume he is of some close familial relation to her. Incredible. 
Got it. <laughs> this whole thing is then interrupted by Ash, and I'm going to use that to return to the present. Ah, oh, shit, Ash. Which, if it were not for the fact that we already knew that this is, uh, this is again, Craythen's uh, poisons, that this is temporary, uh, this would be a, a clue, and we'll see if it is a clue to the characters. Uh, Ash is here and is conversing with Serene and is doing fine, which is not how it's supposed to happen. Maybe the door is growing stronger. Or weaker? Or something? <laughs> something. Yeah, I. it is difficult for me, not having the cards here, to get annoyed with the characters for not figuring things out. But there's a lot about Serene that's off. The fact that she got taken in the middle of the day, which does not usually mm -hmm. happen. The fact that the Sion's working. And the fact that she can't make the magic symbols. And, you know, Galadon's like, oh, maybe she's just not doing it right. And Raiden's like... It looks like she's doing it right. It should be working. <laughs> I am. I. I was hopeful that they would figure it out from, or at least start being like, "Hey, this is really, really weird." But they kind of gloss over it, unfortunately. For now. For now. But yeah, Ash is able to uh, at least tell Serene some of what's been going on outside, which is quite the change for most of the characters that we've seen in Elantris. But, uh, yeah, apparently Ash had initially uh, missed finding Serene uh, because, and, and we saw this with Raithen too, the, the rituals are very strict and people go into Elantris at a certain time. So Ash had, uh, had checked too early. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what's been, what's been going on outside because uh, for now, uh, Serene just asks Ash to go uh let the others know that she's all right there's also a, a brief note that uh, even though we didn't see it with serene uh apparently ash did get into an argument with the pope so that that did happen <laughs> before the uh the close of our chapter and before ash goes off to to do that uh, the fact that he is here and is all right means that he can talk to Evanteo. so he can know what the, the hell is going on here. Uh, Evanteo threatens to behead the Pope. Just going to note that. Casually. But yeah, Evanteo wants to go, you know, demand that she be removed from Elantris, uh, have his, his weight as a king be respected. Uh, but uh, Serene says that this is how it has to be and we're going to we're going to deal with that and uh things are starting to go south politically here Evanteo is is looking at the situation uh he says telry is a couple of days from from seizing the throne and there there's a potential for a, a for a sea battle Evanteo uh, is looking to defend Tiad with their their armada, uh, but he has he's given up on Arlon. He says we need to defend Tiad, and that's going to be it. And uh, there's a bit of a conflict there over if it's too early to give up, and and we've seen some of this before with how 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 practical and or 
ruthless, depending on your perspective, Evanteo is as a leader. And this is a, a quite a big development, so that's going to have an impact here. There's also a moment of Serene saying that she has to stay here, and uh, Evanteo goes, you love them that much? And she goes, they have become my people. What? Which people has she fallen in love with? Because <laughs> she's made like five friends. They're all nobility. And her only interactions with the lower classes have been hearing that a bunch of them are disappearing and ignoring that to start off with. Then she lightly investigates that. And then she finds out that they're all getting murdered. And then the next day goes, man, I wish that murderer was still in charge. I, 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 My people. <laughs> we've, I'm like, we've had a lot of like discussion over how the Serene chapters tend to be the weakest ones, unfortunately. But this particular moment... I, I really don't buy it. I don't buy that Serene cares that much about this country that she spent a couple of months in and has not really put down roots at all. I just, I don't quite get it. Also, Evanteo says, uh, maybe my favorite retort of the book thus far. They've become my people, Father. It has been less than two months. <laughs> just deadpan. Like, kind of throws a wrench in her whole, whole speech here. <laughs> Yeah, and the way he enunciates it too is like it has been less than two months. Yeah, it's yeah. not <laughs> no there's contractions. No, there's no explanation point. There's no contractions. There's no. It's been less than two months, Ian. It's just a very straightforward <laughs> sentence. Very deadpan. Yeah. I'm also reading this whole conversation. At the beginning of this this little trunk, it was noted that Serene had to cry silently because there's two other people in the room. But then you can take this whole phone call. <laughs> What you get, I can guarantee one of them is like, holy shit, she's talking to a working Seon. I can't believe what's happening. And the other one is saying, shut the fuck God up. God damn it, I'm I need to, to sleep. <laughs> well, to be fair, she doesn't, I don't think she says anything that ends with an exclamation point. And it does say, like Serene said quietly a couple times, but Evanteo is clearly full volume. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Evanteo can whisper. <laughs> I got my fingers crossed that we're going to have our first good dad, still. I mean, Evanteo is not perfect in this section, but... Are you not going to call it till the end of the book? I, I'm holding my judgment until it turns out that he, <laughs> he falls on his face at the last second. You've fallen right into my trap, my daughter. <laughs> it was me! He definitely is leading the rankings thus far. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna. Are we talking Cosmere wide? I was gonna bring up Ham, and I was like, Ham clearly loves his family, but he spends no time with them. So I don't know if I can say he's the best dad. Yeah, just... Evanteo has had genuine conversations with his kids that have gone well. Yeah, and we know, we know one of their names, and we barely know the other one of their names. <laughs> Does Ham's wife have a name? They're doing about equally on that front, actually. Mardra. Mardra, yeah, yes. Mardra. So, so Ham, at least Ham's wife, is confirmed alive and has a name. Yeah. So Ham is a better husband, but yes. Evanteo is a better dad. Yes, we can all agree. Got it, okay. <laughs> and to be very clear, the bar for being the better husband is remembers wife's name. <laughs> and wife confirmed exists. Yes. <laughs> we see the wife at one point. Yeah. 
Also, even, okay, dead, dead mother theory aside, <laughs> all we know about the mother is Evanteo complaining that she wants to try a different food. So, actually, legitimately, we have not seen, like, really good husband moments from Evanteo. That actually yeah. is true. <laughs> that section was the second appearance of Fraggish Weed Soup in, like, 50 pages as well. Yeah, the <laughs> Which I didn't time... mention at the time, but I thought it was yeah. very weird. Keen also cooks that, and I believe cooks it rather well. So it's very funny to see it portrayed as this horrible food that uh, Evanteo can't stand. This is why those two don't speak anymore. That's it. Keen it brought was the Irish weed soup. soup into the house and Evanteo was like, what is this garbage? And now my unnamed wife loves it. God damn it. <laughs> You're out of this country for good. That is it. We're running out of time. Like, Sorry. <laughs> Not only are we running out of time for Hate Demption, we're running out of time for whatever Keen's deal is. That keeps getting, like, mildly brought up, but is never the main focus. And how? what could the payoff for that be? I, I really don't know. I don't know. You stole my library card. <laughs> <laughs> Some crimes can never be forgiven. It's true. <laughs> well, we've got four more chapters in this section. We'll see what... Uh what progression happens from here see if see if wrath demption can happen oh no <laughs> still, here's how redemption can still win <laughs> yeah chapter 42 like possibility of redemption aside i i really like the the imagery that he is portraying likely to himself this is likely like actually internal thoughts for hraithen of how he has he has done an hero's journey in his mind. <laughs> like he, he's talking about the old Sfordish epics where he has descended to the underworld and returned to stronger man. That is textbook of the hero's journey. Yeah. 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 It's so strange to read this section because I enjoy immensely reading Krathen's chapters. So I'm like, hooray. He's like gotten his groove back. I enjoy reading. Oh no. Oh no, please. Please stop grooving. <laughs> This is not good for the rest of the world. He's doing great. He's at the top <laughs> of his game. Confidence restored. But it's also, like, he should really get a job as a projectionist, because uh, looking at Diloff, he now believes that problem's solved. He's, he's put in his place. <laughs> That's fine. Everything's going well. Diloff is not an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. What I wrote in my notes is, he says Diloph's hold is broken, which is stupid and wrong, but okay, buddy. <laughs> the careful amount of wine he drank was laced with copium. <laughs> That's why I had to be so careful about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hraithen is, uh, is back on the, the mission here. Uh, Diloph is uh, frustrated and angry about the fact that at this point, Hraithen doesn't really care about the whole Elantris thing, or at least about denouncing the Elantrians as he previously had. Uh, you know, he he says we the goal was to get the people of the the nation on our side, and with my personal miracle that definitely did happen to me. We've done that. Great. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so we don't need to worry about the Elantrians. And Diloph definitely still really wants to kill all of them. Yeah, but his power is gone, so it's not a problem. Definitely not a problem. It'll all be fine. 
Uh, Hraithan is, however, already setting his sights on the next goal. Uh, Arlon conquered mostly bloodlessly, and the blood wasn't even really his fault. Uh, <laughs> onwards to Tiad. Uh-oh. We'll get one more Hraithan at the very end of our section. Because uh, we are going to one more trio of chapters with 43 and then 4 and 5. And at this point, the the Aeonic symbols are getting quite complex. Like if if you if you accept that these are drawn by repeatedly drawing the the kind of base Aeon in various patterns, that's like thirty some copies to to make that symbol. <laughs> Looks very cool, though. It does. Now that uh, we're back here with with Raiden. And uh, things have kind of settled back into a routine with uh, with the people in Elantris. So it's time to go back and and take a look at that staircase that Galadon had uh, had known about. And they they got all the way uh, up to they get all the way up to the top. They can just climb up there. There is a an actual fairly newly installed wooden door that the the guard had presumably put in place and uh they're gonna work through this the old-fashioned way it we have we have Chekhov's axe with uh, yeah. the the axe <laughs> that that ton was going to uh spring the trap with and yeah they're just gonna stand here for a while and chop through this door brandon laid out his Chekhov's firing range and was like no we need more we need Chekhov's melee weapons too. Well, I'm upset because <laughs> I requested for there to be Chekhov's axe last episode, but I was talking about a different axe, and I got the wrong Chekhov's axe. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we have we have Kane's like enormous battle axe that we also it need could, to see at some it point. Could still happen, but yes, this was this was a Chekhov's axe that I did not predict. Yeah, and this is a uh, this is a, a very mundane process of the two of them just uh, stand here and and take turns shopping at the door and uh it's it's tiring work elantrian bodies aren't great at this but they they do manage it they 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 get a hole they manage to climb through and they are out on the walls great job boys great job <laughs> time for galadon to be sarcastic i i do like this interaction where uh galadon's like I've been trying to do this. Like you, you asked about this staircase. I've been trying to get this to happen for literal days now, but you and your wife will not leave each other's side for one minute. <laughs> it is yeah. fun. I do have a thought on that. I want us all to think about how long three days is, and specifically three days in Elantris, where there's specifically not a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And think about how long it requires you to be in conversation with Gunnar. I know they were studying. I know they're reading books. But in general, that's a lot of just talking to each other. That's hours of just talking to each other. And as we find out on the next page, not once has Serene <laughs> informed them of anything happening in K right now. <laughs> After three days? What are you talking about? What, what could you talk about besides that? 
What's your favorite color? Oh, what's your favorite secondary color? Oh. <laughs> cool, cool. 20 seconds. That's 20 seconds conversation. Next. <laughs> Listen, Raiden's got a busy life, okay? He romances her. He fucks around with Aeons for no reason for hours a day. He does some bullshit with the Hoed every day. He walks around and smiles and people walk up to him and tell him bullshit that he doesn't really do anything with. <laughs> it's a busy life. <laughs> And all this compounded with the, uh, Raiden has his defense of, she is my wife, and Galadon very rightfully says, you gonna tell her about that? <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps. Hmm. So, yeah, and then it also turns out that there's no particular plan once they're up on the wall in that both of them kind of assumed that the other person had a plan where Raiden brought up getting on top of the wall in the first place and, and Galadon said, hey, I know, I think I know how we can do that. And then Raiden will do whatever he wanted to do. And Raiden is saying, I was just going to study Aeons and talk with my wife and you dragged me up here. So clearly you had something for me to do. <laughs> so... These two useless idiots are now up here. <laughs> There's a very good West Wing bit where I think it's Sam and Josh are both doing oh, yeah. classic walk and talks. And at the end of the scene, one of them's like, where are you going? Oh, I was following you. I thought I was following you. And then they just awkwardly walk in different directions because <laughs> neither of them knew where the other was going. Also, Raven says the conversation about finding a staircase was two days ago. And yet Galadon found the staircase three days ago. Would would Galadon not have been like, oh yeah, I found one a day ago, coincidentally? He didn't have time to bring that up because <laughs> he was busy <laughs> doing what? He said he said, well, no, he he couldn't get Ray Raiden was too busy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So three days ago, Galadon said, hey, we should go up to the wall, and then two days ago, Galadon was like, by the way, I found a way up. That's an actual possible thing to do. And at no point did Rayodin go, okay, let's go. <laughs> Once again, that, that hard-hitting Elantris timeline journalism <laughs> you've been waiting for. They do, now that they are actually up here with, with nothing to do, uh, they do get the chance to uh, learn just a little bit about the outside world uh, before maybe they can get some of that info from Serene. Uh, because, well, they found the guard. Uh, the guard is all over at uh, Telri's mansion. And uh, so that Raiden doesn't really know what to make of this. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense to him militarily or politically. So uh, they're going to they're going to try to find out what happens. And at least at the beginning of this next section, that is very much outright the plan of, hey, Serene just got here. She must know what's going on. So let's ask her. They find Serene in the library reading a copy of Weird Elantris. <laughs> like, I just, I picture that this is not like a serious book. It's an encyclopedia of political myths. See yours, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> it's It sounds like a coffee table book. The way that it's described is is a a book of wacky political myths. <laughs> yeah, what would I don't that get be? the point of what she finds either. 
what she finds is a ding, ding, ding for me. I guess I, 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 I think, I don't remember how long ago it was, but the idea of Jadath basically co-opting the Shu Dareth religion was something I had brought up. So I was, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a much uh, older kind of political resource that Serene now has access to. And so one of the, the, the things that uh, she has found uh, is this, this seems like evidence. If you go back to the, the older records that the, the, the Shudareth religion uh, and particularly the, the, the Fjordal empire uh, has, has kind of crafted its, its image over time. Uh, and then when you go back far enough, you find these discrepancies like uh, Jadath being a uh, a fairly uh, minor god of some sort that was a, a god of the underground. He was Pluto. Basically, yeah. Going back to our, our friend Neil Stevenson. Yeah. Fall was a weird book. Oh. <laughs> like, by Neil Stevenson standards, a weird book. And then Serene taps her fucking cheek again. <laughs> Serene sat with one arm leaning on the desktop hand raised and tapping her cheek with her index finger as she often did when she was thinking we know uh, I, I think this is this may be the strongest consequence of us going back in the order of Brandon's writing uh, where this is something that in many ways Brandon kind of follows a, a lineage from Robert Jordan with the wheel of time, starting with the fact that he uh, read the wheel of time and was, was a big fan. Uh, and then also with him finishing the series. Uh, but one thing that Robert Jordan is very much criticized and, or made fun of for is he has some very, very repetitive descriptions of characters, actions uh, of, you know, the number of times that people uh, sit down and smooth their skirt, I think is one of them. <laughs> um they fold their arms a lot and and so here you you have serene uh tapping her cheek and either this gets better in later books or i've just completely stopped noticing it and we're gonna read other stuff <laughs> and sam and caleb are just gonna point these out to me and i'm gonna have my mind blown we'll see pretty maladroit of you if you didn't pick up on those <laughs> i mean that's read. the other one we we did also have Ellen's now look here's and then Tindle bullied him for them. <laughs> right, but that that was in character at least. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh Rayodin finally says, Hey, I need to know what was going on. And Serene has apparently been uh making this as a somewhat of a conscious decision of uh we're all in here forever, so it shouldn't matter about outside, right? Uh, but yeah, it, it's time to, to actually explain some things starting with quote, when I dethroned King Idon, which of course is why he hanged himself. Really? That's what you're going to lead with? <laughs> in the, that is a wild way to start in a weird way. This is Rayodin's plan biting him in the ass. Cause she definitely wouldn't have led with that if she had known who Rayodin was. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, we go over to chapter 44, 
which is just an immediate continuation of this scene, uh, but from Serene's perspective. And yeah, she uh, realizes that that was slightly blunt, uh, does not understand the the full impact of why it was so blunt. Uh, but yeah, it, and then it keeps going from there of uh, Spirit asks if Iodon is dead and, and she says, yeah, he was involved in the Jaskari Mysteries. So yeah, a lot of things being learned here. And then it follows up with, so Spirit is trying to to then get the read on the political situation of, so then is Tellery King. Serene explains that uh, uh, it's it's all but done uh, and and says Royal is no longer the richer one because of the Fjordal uh, involvement, which that all happened after Raiden, like chapter one was him going into Elantris and chapter three was Raithon arriving. So he missed that <laughs> whole thing too. Yeah, the most he knew of it was like Yorin exists and was an Elantrian for five days and then left. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And he gets to catch up on his dangerous knight's crew, too, such as the marriage of Royale and Serene, and also the romance between Shuden and Tarina, and just just everybody. They don't mention Ahan or Idan or whichever... No, they do... Actually, they don't mention Ahan either, I don't think, aside from the fact that Tarina exists. Um, <laughs> but I meant Idan, not mentioned at all, even though he presumably was like part of the crew and Rayodin was leading it. To be fair, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Why is he in the book? I still don't know. Yeah. Uh, other things that get covered here. Uh, Serene is picking up on the fact that uh, Spirit is very well informed on this ma- on these matters. There's a lot of uh, of political relations that she does not have to describe because he he knows the general gist of it. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 part where Serene was going to get married again, uh, that also definitely has some impact. Raiden gaslights her. Raiden definitely does gaslight her, where he uh, he is it makes reference to the the marriage contract uh, that he knew and probably had some hand in in writing. Uh, she definitely did not mention that. Uh, he insists that she did. Uh, Galadon is no help at all. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, who cared about this this whole Raiden guy anyway? Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's banter, banter, banter. Fun, fun, fun. Raiden, like five minutes ago, you found out your dad was a serial killer and is now dead. <laughs> uh, we're having a good time here. Uh, this country is an egg on a mountain and it might crash at any moment. <laughs> With the slightest breeze. Yeah, eventually they get through the uh, the whole catching everything up. Serene has a lot going on right now and probably doesn't catch on to the fact that Raodin is somewhat upset about her getting married. <laughs> but that's that's definitely a thing there. And now they're all kind of strategizing again. I can I just I this is a dumb thing to get upset about. But Rayodin is like, if only there were some way to communicate with the outside. Rayodin, you have now found three separate ways to get out of the city pretty <laughs> safely. Surely 
you could have thought of some way to get some kind of message out. You have been back inside the palace. And that was like in the first 15 chapters. Surely you, you, you can think of a way to get some messages out if you really need to. But it doesn't end up mattering because Ash is finally going to be useful. <laughs> Ash does a thing. Hey, Ash has done a few things. But, uh, but yeah, now uh, Galadon and, and Raodin also see there's a Sion here that they can actually uh, use to, to check with outside and, and talk with, with people who are outside. Raodin does have a very accurate read on Serene here when he says, you seem like the type of person who needs secrets if only for the sake of having them. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to mention anything about Raodin not clarifying who he is, uh, but we definitely have seen the if only for the sake of having them a couple of times with Serene, with either secrets or with political battles or whatnot. Uh, this reminds me, uh, so... Then Serene dismisses Ash and says, Go check with Keen and the others. I want to know the moment Tillery declares himself king. Um <laughs> I'm gonna do a diversion here. Uh there's uh a movie called Hawk the Slayer. And in this movie called Hawk the Slayer, it's a fantasy movie. Typical fantasy like gather a crew and do a thing. Um, and instead of gathering a crew in the way of like the princess bride where they walk and they find like, Oh, it's a giant. Oh, it's a sword fighter. Um, a witch just teleports the guy to the next person he needs to find and, <laughs> and then teleports them both back to this like room where they just sit until he finds the next person. And literally they just sit there and it's on screen. All, the whole crew just sitting there doing nothing has people well, he... just pop into existence in this room? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Beth, then, are you taking right. notes for a and d campaign intro? <laughs> I was gonna... <laughs> it, it would be bold to, instead of like, you all meet in a tavern, a witch teleports you all into the same room. <laughs> Wait, they're all already at the tavern, but they're just not in the same room yet, so a witch has to teleport them <laughs> to the same room? <laughs> It's the it's a big ass tavern, yeah. They're all in a tavern, but they're in separate taverns. <laughs> I was just reminded of the movie Eternals, which I actually liked a lot more than I expected, but the cast of Eternals is so big that the majority of the plot of the movie is we gotta meet back up with each other, we just gotta track each other down and get the team back together. That's that's like seventy five percent of the movie is just that. There's nothing wrong with a good team-up movie. Uh, like, it's it's fine. It's a plot in, in and of itself. But in Hawk the Slayer specifically, <laughs> the characters, they don't even have banter in the little room where they're waiting. Just they just sit there. there. <laughs> they sit, and like Galadon, they lay down in a chair. They don't even lay down in a chair. They do nothing. There's no, there's no <laughs> blocking. There are no lines. They stand there. Yeah, at least in Eternals we get a, a Bollywood dance sequence when we're we <laughs> recruiting Kumail Anjiani. <laughs> in the Hawk movie, two of them look at each other. Which brought you here? Yeah, which brought me here. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, but in this, we at least get Galadon falling asleep in a chair. <laughs> we're back, baby. There we go. Thank yeah, I, I, I appreciate the ability for him to just go, meh. 
I'm not needed. Gonna take a nap. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the chapter closes with uh, Ash returning as requested to deliver the news. Uh, Telri has been crowned king. And with our final chapter of the section, we're going to see with Hraithan, who last chapter was kind of proclaiming that Aralon has been has been solved, has been conquered. Uh, and with with Telri being crowned, that does seem to kind of seal the deal there. So we're gonna see what he is uh what what he's heading on to next. The the opening of this chapter starts with uh starts with Hraithan again atop the Elantra's walls. Uh though perhaps this time he hasn't fled there. It seems like he's he's doing a bit better now. It's a victory lap. It, yeah, it's a victory lap. Uh, he is, at this point, probably the only other person who has discovered the the potential breakout here. Uh, Sam, in his notes, has given us a uh, a couple name of Rheodaladon. New ship name. <laughs> Confirmed. Rheodaladon. And the sentence before that in my notes is, he's on the goddamn city wall again. <laughs> he sure is. And he's he's making metaphors again. Uh, he's he's looking at this this busted up door and and thinks that it's uh, it's like a hole that was made by rodents, Elantrian rodents escaping from their nest. Yeah, the the second sentence there is like, no, I got I get the metaphor. You don't have to. <laughs> I understand what you mean. And then, uh, as as we've seen, the guards are all gone. They're doing other things right now, uh, and. Hraithan thinks I I could tell someone about this but I just won't yeah why not <laughs> he is uh, thinking over the, the Telri situation uh, Telri's coronation was as expected somewhat uh, dramatic and, and fancy uh, Hraithan expects that he's going to come back with a demand for more money and uh, there will be this whole big back and forth where they'll negotiate and eventually Hraithan will give in. Uh, but in his mind, it won't really matter because the, the money is not what's important here. Yeah, money doesn't buy power, except in Erlon just now. <laughs> except the entire preceding, like, 30 chapters. It's okay. Iodon made that not happen anymore, except for right now. This last time is fine. Money doesn't matter starting now. <laughs> exactly. You just got to jump across the line before that. And as he is, uh, as he's he's up here thinking, uh, there is uh, an interesting note uh, where he it says straight up he is worried about Serene, uh, which kind of bothers him that he's bothering to worry about her. Uh, he he knows that. She was obviously a, an opponent of his politically. Uh, he kind of enjoyed that fight. And now he's thrown her into Elantris. But uh, it, it does say that he, he does need her to live for a couple of reasons. Uh, and one of them we will see the beginnings of as the, at the close of this chapter. Because we have the arrival of a Sion. Uh It's Dio. There we go. There, that was what the pause was for. <laughs> God. 
who has has come to deliver a uh, a message from Evanteo. And this was something that Hraithan was very much expecting to happen. So he's he's quite prepared for it. And they get right down to the negotiation. Uh, Hraithan has positioned himself with the, the events of the past couple of weeks where uh, if you need someone to be healed of the, the Shayad, then he and Jadith can make that happen for the right price. And the right price here is Evanteo converting and the kingdom along with it. So Hraithan is immediately, in fact, turning to to start working on Tiad and says it will be done. If if Evanteo converts, then Serene will be delivered back to safety. And uh yeah, he really does need Serene to to live at this point, but <laughs> if that happens, he thinks he can he can deliver two entire heathen nations to Wern. Yeah, I gotta say, this final piece of the plan was kind of a big relief to me because I'm sure it's intentional that he's being overconfident and I bet this will backfire and, and uh, uh, be bad for Hathen later on. But the past couple of chapters, he's been acting like, without this knowledge, it seems like he's just been acting stupid and overconfident because <laughs> if, if this chapter did not exist, the smartest thing to do by far is... After uh, uh, Serene is thrown to Elantris, send Rothgen, Dothgen, whatever his name is, into Elantris and kill her. And make sure no one ever sees her again. Because she's one of the most prominent members of the Shu Korath religion in Aralon right now. And if she also gets healed after five days, that almost completely invalidates all of Wraithen's Jeddah stuff. And again, I think that might bite him in the ass. Uh, that might still happen. But the idea of... I'm going to give her potion of fake Elantrian and then do nothing and hope she survives because I want to feel good about myself. Like, without this Evanteo plan, that's legitimately stupid. It, it re <laughs> I really thought Wraithen was getting dumb. And the fact that it's like, no, no, it's still part of a plan. A risky and overconfident plan, but still part of a plan. I was like, okay, thank God. I really was starting to get upset with Wraithen, but this, this chapter pulled it together. Can I... There's one thing I'm confused about here, right? Uh, Dio. No, okay. Now once I per episode. Yeah, we we got <laughs> okay. out of our systems. Once per episode. All right, good. Uh, Dio is Evan Teo's. Yes. Seon. Thank you. I was gonna bring this up. Keep going. How are they talking? Wait, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yep. Did Dio fly across the entire ocean? <laughs> I think so. But also, how are like how are they talking? Because Evanteo needs a oh, say yeah. to talk to it him. It would not. It would not <laughs> surprise me. I don't think this is a plot hole necessarily. It's just an unexplained thing. It would not surprise me if the king of a nation has access to multiple seons. I like that's not out of the question. The only thing that I can think of is you need you need both of them to have a seon, and to the best of anyone's knowledge, Hraithan doesn't. So you need to get a seon to him. Uh, and I guess you could, like, you, I, I don't know if, if any two Seons can just, like, spontaneously talk to each other. Like, can can Evanteo just say, talk to someone in K, 
and go find Trayton. And if he can't do that, I guess the only thing to do is for Dio to go all the way there and then <laughs> call back to any other Sion who could be someone else's. You can logic through it eventually, but it does definitely seem weird. And it does still, I think, involve Dio flying all the way across the ocean. <laughs> yes, that was my interpretation. Like, <laughs> Sion's sleep, canonically. They need sleep. But they're also so, did he... so fast. <laughs> yeah, did he just tank it and just, like, Sonic the Hedgehog across the ocean? He's so... gotta go fast. <laughs> um, yeah, like, that's... My interpretation is still he's just using someone else's Sion. But Dio is his personal Sion. Yeah. You would think it would be the reverse. He sends a more... Someone else, like, a lower person's Sion to go do the hard work. And then he gets to hold on to Dio... I did not think about how wacky it is that, yes, he sent his own personal Sion across the ocean. That is, it is, that is wild. <laughs> yeah, what, what if someone else called and was like, I must speak to Evanteo, king of the nation. And Dio, Dio is like, sorry, man, I'm in the ocean. I am literally in the middle of later. the sea. <laughs> Just, if you know any of like the slightly lesser royalty in Tiad, call all their Sions. Call one of them. <laughs> Evanteo has one of them. I don't remember which one it is. Don't call Ash. Don't call. <laughs> that won't work no, either. Not not working. All right. Yeah, we've uh, <laughs> once we've solved the the problem of what the hell Dio is doing here. Uh, <laughs> that is the end of our section, and it was. Uh, I don't think it's the most impactful section because it's hard to follow up on the surprise murder cult. Uh, but. <laughs> We're definitely at the point now where we have significant chunks of plot happening uh, consistently at this point. And with only two episodes left to go, it's, uh, we're getting down to the wire here, aren't we? There's not a lot of book left in the book, and it feels like there's still a lot of book left to go. <laughs> it's very complicated. It is. Uh, I do want to check in on our casting. Uh, we do have one notably physically described character uh, and then also i believe a bit of uh of potential backfill to do so let's yeah. take a look at casting and then we try to get to the end of the book sam let's uh let's start with your your cast list yeah i added people like actual people <laughs> and and Woo. not cartoons i did like the cartoons though i loved the cartoons, cartoons. were a lot of fun <laughs> yeah which I think I ho I helpfully listed as cartoon casting on my note list, so I when I control F and found people I didn't cast yet, I wrote off cartoon casting. So there you go. Uh, not notable names that I didn't cast yet. Uh, I got a Tellery, I got a Royal, I got a Jerry, and I got a Dothbeam. <laughs> um, all right, so Tellery, I got uh, I think this might be good, John Goodman. Can play a good bad guy. Okay. Mm. Um, I'm not like a hundred percent on him. Like it's not a very strong correlation, but no, John Goodman. Uh, we can give big ups to John Goodman. Big ups. Yeah, big ups to John Goodman. Let's <laughs> great, go. Great career. Uh, still going. Um, all right. Uh, Royal. Uh, I got a slightly younger Terry Jones. I think that'd be cool. Terry Jones of a uh, Monty Python fame. Mm -hmm. ah. Um, 
I'm just I'm calling him Jerry. Jerry, I got Jason Isaacs, aka Lucius Malfoy. Ah, all right. Okay. That's that's good. That's good. I can see it. Yeah. I also thought of like maybe like one of the elves from Lord of the Rings. Uh but very kind of regal and a little bit standoffish. Yes. But uh Jason Isaacs was my my go-to guy for that. Um and then Dothkin uh two castings one podcast i got randy orton all right so there because randy orton's a bad guy dothkin's a bad guy i mean he's a he's a trained assassin but also rip saulin i miss saulin saulin i'm liking i'm liking this this overlap of of let's let's put randy somewhere (laughs) yeah morals for randy orton yeah, big ups to Randy Orton. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any downs for Randy Orton in a personal life method, but I, I've not looked into it enough to say that confidently. His his career started with him beating the shit out of old guys. Well, that's wrestling. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that just is wrestling, wrestling, isn't it? That is just wrestling. So the old guys Ooh, presumably agree. Bad news, agreed boys! With his his Wikipedia page has a controversies and legal issues section. Hey, <laughs> no. not very many ups to Randy Orton. <laughs> oh no, Randy! I do briefly want to check. Uh, steroids uh, was investigated oh, for sexual harassment, but nothing happened. Bad. Still, but, said um, the n-word on a stream side. not great not great not great uh and uh his tattoo artist sued 2k games uh for putting randy orton with tattoos in wwe 2k okay it sounds like he wasn't even really involved in that yeah <laughs> All right, uh, just just no claps for Randy Orton. Just, just silence. <laughs> Rescinded. For, yeah, few few moments of silence. Not because he's dead, just because we that we don't need to clap. All but right, he can, but he can play this bad guy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, and then Caleb, what uh, what do you have to to add on here? Sure, I've also got a Dothgen. I'm gonna go with Paul Darnell, who is mostly a stunt actor, most recently in Ahsoka. I wanted a big, strong, intimidating guy. And he seems actually he's not actually that tall, but he's strong. He's a stunt guy, so sure. Um, I was really hoping the stars would align for saying all in uh, between me and Sam because I actually went for more of a stunt casting than he did. Um, I went with Fabio. Let's get Fabio in here. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Long, I know. I know. They say it's a wig, but the most important physical attribute is long, flowing locks and handsome. And I know he's supposed to be in his 40s, but I don't care. Let's make it Fabio. I think that would be fun. Because it's just... Wouldn't that be... Like, I'm thinking it's the same vibe of David Hasselhoff showing up in the Spongebob movie. Of just, like... (laughs) You really don't expect the Pope to show up at the three-quarters mark. And you even less expect it to be Fabio. So it's just a lot of fun when it happens. It's like, oh, cool. Wow, all right. That's fun. Um, So, yeah, that's what I got there. Um, we have a, a person working for Rayodin named Ten Rayo. He walks up and gives him news. I'm just doubling down. I'm casting Zach Rorig, who was also in Vampire Diaries. I don't know anything else about it. <laughs> um, and then we finally hear Dio speak, 
um, for the first time. So we, we actually are going to have to get a voice actor for Dio. And of course, it's going to be Patrick Seitz, who is the voice of Good. Dio in JoJo. There's no other option. It has to be him. <laughs> All right. I was briefly distracted by the fact that if you go on Wikipedia and you just look up Fabio, it does not actually redirect you to the one that everyone thinks of. It's just a list of everybody named Fabio because it's just a name. That's and, true. And there's no, like, they're just listed in alphabetical order. And there's like, there's like 15 Brazilian soccer players. <laughs> there's a bunch of other, like, it's a very common name in Brazil. So there's just lots of people yeah, on here. That's true. I do think if you Google Fabio, the first result is that Fabio's Wikipedia page, though. Yes, you are correct. Fabio Lanzoni. Yes. yes. Mm. Do you think when he was sailing across the ocean that a, a bird hit him on the face? <laughs> Could be. Hey, tentative big ups to Fabio. Let's give it up for yeah. Fabio just a little bit. Is there any controversy <laughs> section? His there is no controversies, but there is a goose incident section. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, hey, big ups. Big ups to Fabio. <laughs> God. <laughs> Lanzoni claims a flock of hundreds of geese flew by and one of the geese was sucked into the ride. The goose died and Lanzoni descended the ride with blood on his face, possibly from a nasal injury. Or from the goose. From the no dead goose. Alright. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now that we now that we've we've talked about uh the the important casting. Uh yeah, what what have we what have we seen here? We we've seen. I'm going real quick to check off some some predictions. Uh, we did have uh, Sam last week. You did specifically call out that uh, Serene become a Lantrian would happen at the last minute, which did happen Ooh. at the last minute. <laughs> you were both on that Serene become a Lantrian train. We got that in Caleb's column over here as well. Yeah, but I was really waffling between Serene and Diloph. I, I, I should not get Both of you traded that. on that. I think mm. I, I think when we first saw the, the potions, Sam said it was going to be Diloph and Caleb said it would be Serene. And then like last episode, you both swapped. Well, I think the reason, the reason why I thought that is because back then I thought there would be four doses and I thought that would matter. I think I still thought it would eventually be Diloph. Um, and then when I, and yeah, and then I waffled at some point. So yeah, no, it's, it's always kind of interesting when we get to the very final episodes on predictions because we have a lot of things happening and there's like little pieces being solved uh but for Lantris especially there still feels like there's a lot kind of lingering in the balance so uh i'd really like to know uh starting with sam what we've got in store for our our last two sections of this book i wanna know can you show me Okay, all right. Uh, so, um, let's see. Here's my 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 thing here. Uh, first off, Serene's gonna be healed. This is obvious and dumb. It's gonna happen. Uh, Evan Teo's gonna convert, and oh God, please renege on your oath. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> this is a horrible fantasy world where where your word. Who cares if you break your word? You're you're negotiating with like the devil. Like fuck him. <laughs> Just say never mind. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, Serene's also going to figure out that Rayodin is Rayodin before she leaves, for fuck's sake. <laughs> F- <laughs> figure it out, Serene. Serene, figure it out. FFS. It's, for it's not a... fuck's sake. There we go. I have, I have no time-bound <laughs> measure for that. But I'm hoping that it just it ha- happens at all. It would be nice. Um, I'm not sure what Rayodin's gonna do. I guess just keep living, uh, as much as he can. Uh, now that Ash knows of New Elantris, maybe they can keep in touch. Uh, the the glowing does not occur when he lies, but rather something something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so you're asking yourself, what a pointless fucking prediction section. Wait, because it's mostly about our boy. Ooh. Our boy Hraithan. But also not about Hraithan. Double O. Because what about Hraithan? This about Hraithan. What about Hraithan? What about Hraithan? <laughs> what about Dilaf? It was Dilaf. That is kind of the other Dilof. big uh the other big factor, yeah. So uh, uh just rattling through right here. Hraithan thinks he's in control. He thinks he's the only one with orders from the Pope to take over this place, but Wern has a real plan. And that real plan is the one Diloph dropped ages ago in this book as his weirdo little paranoid thingy thing. Take over Erlan by massacring everybody. Take over Teo by massacring everybody. This is not a backup plan. It is the main plan. Hraithan just made easier through conversion. And Hraithan, he's not invited to the final party. We now know that Hraithan was a Dekor dropout. We also know that Hraithan fears the products of Dekor. Do we know anyone who went to Dekor? Do we know anyone who's a re- weird, shitty demon person? We know Diloph. Did he go to Dekor? Know what Dekor trains? How to suck. How to overthrow governments. Dekor trains demons who overthrow governments and move heaven and earth to promote the cause of Wern. I don't think it trains magic because that would be dumb. So what happens now? Like I said in episode 5, Ushram Ronan into Elantris, sweep and clear. Right before this happens, I think twist of twists, Diloph is going to kill Hraithan, and not the other way around. I don't think there will be a redemption anymore, because I don't think there will be time. By that point, everything Diloph wants, he will have, and there will be no way to stop it. The machinations are already in motion, Hraithan. Now, the only drawback to this prediction, it's a little too convenient. Uh, how is he to know that he'd be the most ravenous priest in all of Aralon? How would he have trained at Dakor if Erlon was a Karathi place? Also, it seems like Dakor trains children, which is itself fucked up. And Shudareth only <laughs> entered the picture after the fall of Elantris, maybe? Not sure. Um, also, crucially, what's the point? Does does Wern hate Hraithan for some reason after he overthrew Duladel? I don't know. It's not a perfect theory. But you know what? Dilof, he's fucking up to something. And I, I, we're going to see it soon enough. The chips are down. I'm letting it ride. Full house, bingo, blackjack. Deal off. God bless. <laughs> Name and lights. There was, uh, there was some passion in, in yeah. that, uh, that summary there. I love it. I wanted to, to do my own little ramble. Caleb had his his great monologue, and I want a great monologue. Great monologues are great. Everybody needs a great we monologue. We all deserve a good monologue. Great monologue, supercut. I have had a few. I've had a few great monologues at this point. My Penrod one, my uh, end of what was it? The Well of Ascension one. Yeah. So I've had a few. Here's another one. Anyway. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're definitely right about there not being a lot of time left. Uh, but we'll <laughs> see. We'll see what we can see. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, of near term things with uh, the way that Serene and Raiden, uh are going to what's going to happen to them with being in Elantris or not being in Elantris. Uh, and then we'll, after that, we'll start looking at what's going to happen with Raithen. Redemption, no time, getting killed by Diloph, all possible. <laughs> all things are possible under Jadith's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In that case, we will also see uh, for Caleb, where are, do, do you have a very passionately delivered predi- prediction section for us? Or <laughs> I don't. But I will say, even though the stars did not align on Fabio, and I think Sam's monologue is is way more in-depth and detailed um, than I've got for the Diloph situation, I also had the thought of, I think Diloph might have trained at Dakor. That might be uh, a big reveal we get because we've heard so much about it and we now know that Wraithen dropped out. So, um, yeah, I think it would be a good payoff of a, a very good oh shit moment of finding out that Diloph has trained. And I think it does, I think it works out for that specific detail because this was another detail of Brandon, why is this even like, why do you need to put this here? The weird moment of, oh, Diloph's a lot older than I expected. It seems like he's young, but he's actually really old. That if there's years of his life that Wraithen did not account for, that those years could have been spent training at Dakor. So I think that, that checks out. I think that could work. I like that theory. Um, and I also uh, jotted it down earlier today, actually. Um, but um, so, yes, we have alignment there. Um, I'm going to uh, take an opposite stance on two different issues. One, I know it's not looking good, but for redemption fans, it can still happen. Here's 10 ways it can still happen. <laughs> I still think I'm still holding out hope for redemption just because, again, the biggest plot twist of Hero of Ages happens so near the end of the book that I am not I'm not counting anything out. I think there's a lot that could be packed into the Sander Lanch at the end of each book um, that could surprise us. So I'm holding out hope for Wraith Demption still. Um, and then my other more minor one um, that's kind of in direct response to a Sand Theory is I've lost hope on a different theory. I think Serene will not figure it out. I think Rayoden is just going to have to flat out tell her at some point. And I do think that will happen, but I don't think it's too much of this book has been Serene figures nothing out. She just has information told to her. I think that's going to happen yet again. And there might be a way for both of us to be right where technically Serene figures it out, but it's because Rayoden says some piece of information that very clearly indicates he is Rayodin, and then Serene, but does not literally say the words, I'm Rayodin. And then Serene goes, wait, you're Rayodin? And Rayodin goes, yes, I am. And he basically gives her the answer, but technically, technically speaking, she figures it out. I feel like that might be how it goes down. <laughs> um, but Rayodin will purposefully give her the information to, to, uh, to reveal that reveal. Um, in terms of some other theories, going to start getting really random here. One, I don't have a theory, just a question. And I think it's probably a question we will not get an answer to. This might legitimately be a, someone has to ask Brandon at a con thing, but we learned a lot about Seons and how they get passed person to person. And there's talk of like the, the Shu Dareth people have to keep it a secret on the download. They use Lantern technology, but 
legitimate question who gave Hraithan his Zeon? Like, where did that actually come from? Because it has to have been given to him by somebody. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really expect an answer to that, but I think that's an interesting question. Um, and I guess same question goes for Wern. Wern also has one. Um, how, how did he actually acquire it now that we know a little bit more about how Sion's work? Just kind of an interesting food for thought. Again, I don't think we'll get answers. Um, earlier this episode, we talked a little bit about programming. Um, I've got an if-then statement for y'all. <laughs> That's programming. I would I would very much like for Rayoden to live. I think it would be cool. I've I despite all the weird uh, 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 discussions of romance in this book, I do find the serene Rayoden relationship to be kind of cute, and I, I am rooting for them. Um. So I'm putting, I'm still putting, I think, in terms of this exact plot point, 60% of my chips on that, mostly because I want it more. But there's been a lot of talk about how Rayoden is A, going through a lot of shit, B, keeps thinking about the lake, he's found the lake. I'm, I'm curious what the point of the lake in the story is, if it is not leading up to Rayoden will end up fully giving in to whatever this thing is and he wants to die and goes into the lake um and i'm also i am not forgetting the fact that we will apparently at some point be getting i'm sorry if this is cheating but it's back of the book so i think it's fair game a deleted scene entitled the mad prince clearly rayoden at some point is going to be doing very very badly um i know it's a deleted scene but presumably it still fits in with the rest of the book somewhat well otherwise it wouldn't have been written in the first place um so I think there's, I'm putting 40% chance on Rayodin actually does die at the end of the book, which would be very sad because I really like Rayodin. The if-then statement is a little bit out there, but I think it's possible. If Rayodin dies, Serene is going to marry Aeondel. I'm examining all of her options and it's clear she, like, there's no romance with Royal, and I think by the end of the book that political marriage won't be particularly useful. Shudan's with Tarina, so unless Tarina dies, that's not happening. Aeon's married. Edan's gonna explode and fucking die, and we've already had twice Eondel save her by jumping in with the sword, and they've had kind of some banter about the sword fighting teaching, and there was the weird moment where Serene was offended that he only had respect for her. Um, I, I think if Rayodin dies, Eondel seems like the, be the the only like remaining option, and I feel like this book will end with Serene marrying someone. And if it's not Rayodin, I think it's going to be Eondel. I wouldn't love that. I'm not rooting for this, but that's I'm putting that guess on there because I think it could happen. But again, cheering for Rayodin. I hope he pulls through. Um, okay, heading into some 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 bigger theories. Um, uh, Evan Teo brags about how Teod has the finest ships in the sea. But can they withstand the power of Driot Crushthroat and his sour melons? There's no way to know. Um, I think um, there's there's not a lot of book left, but there's still a good amount of book. I think Evanteo is not going to fully convert, and that is going to start to backfire on Wraithen, and that won't go the way he wants. So then, this will probably happen mostly off-screen, given our perspectives, but... Um, there is going to be war declared on Teod, and it will turn out that Driot Crushthroat has basically been in the pockets of the Fjordal Empire the entire time, and will be responsible for basically crushing the fleets and the throats of the uh, Teod Navy, and that's going to cause some bad news. 
because why else do you keep bringing up Driot Crushthroat? Please have some sort of payoff for that, because you talked about him too much for him to mean nothing. Um, in the meantime, I think Rayodan is finally going to realize, hey, maybe announcing my survival might be good, actually, and he is going to make one last high-stakes claim for the throne to try and dethrone Tilri, um, and that's going to cause uh, uh, kind of an uprising. Maybe well, that's I'm sorry, I'm, I'm piecing together the dots as I'm as I'm drawing the lines. Um, Rayodan announcing his survival and the Serene Evanteo plan going wrong could be the trigger for Ray Redemption when he realizes, oh no, I failed. There is going to be a battle and a lot of blood lost after all. What is the best way to make the least amount of people die? I need to I need to do Redemption. I think that could be the trigger. Um, so fingers crossed for that. Um, probably won't happen, but could be interesting if um, Serene and Rayodan figure out the potion of become fake Elantrian thing, and then they pull an Uno reverse card, and Rayodan like puts on makeup and a wig. Uh, it would be fucking wild. I don't think this is going to happen. It'd be fucking wild if he puts on Shayor's wig to, to show that he has hair. Um, <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> but possible that he puts on makeup and a wig so that he also is like, look, I'm Prince Rayodin and I have also recovered. I have a rightful claim to the throne. And then it's kind of a, can he last long enough and keep up the charade long enough? I, I can't believe I just called it charade. Um... Keep up the charade long enough to get Telri out of power and kind of set up Serene as um, the new queen. And then Rayodin will be like, haha, just kidding, I was Elantrian and also I might be dying right now. Um, we'll see. But um, yes, I think Rayodin is going to have to announce himself and that's going to be the big push for um, kicking Telri out. Um, and then my last big thing... Chasm theory is not looking great, I think, from last episode. If the door is still trying to escape its dimension and it's now, like, trying very hard to use Rayodin to do that, it's not as simple as all the power's been let out, the power's super weak. Um, so I'm, I'm not giving up on that theory because I still think it would be really cool, but I am aware that it's not looking too good. Um, but I do have a, an addendum to an earlier thing. My initial thought was the Shayod right? Not the Shayor. Yes, the Shayod. Um, is, it, it takes over anyone that has some sort of Elantrian magic already within them. And so the reason Rayodin was taken is because he had his leg healed at that one point. Right. That was the thing you, you mentioned. Yep. Yes. I don't know anymore if that could be the case, because I feel like people would have pieced those dots together at some point. I do think something happening with the leg, either the healer did something wrong or something else, him having his leg healed is the reason why he's having the extra effects and the weird seizures and everything. Because I, I, I started this thought and then I was like, oh shit, I think I might have, I, I, I had kind of a, a, an earring moment of specifically he stubs his toe and then he starts feeling these waves of pain and he's like, yeah, stubbing the toe now feels like my entire leg is in pain. Implying that his leg is where the pain is mostly localized still. So it would make sense if that's actually the source of the this, the additional secret Rayodin-only pain is something's happening specifically with his leg. Um, it sounds like he's probably right that the door is trying to escape through his entire body. I don't think he's wrong about that. 
But the reason why it's specifically him is because of something happening in his leg that was caused by the Elantrian healing he got as a kid. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got some things. I feel like a lot of your predictions, Caleb, were things that you really want to pay off. I mean, most notably, Drought Crush Throat showing up. <laughs> I'd like something to happen with that. We can hope. We can hope. We got. And to clarify, I don't think he's going to show up. This is still going to be entirely off screen, but he will affect the plot in a major okay. way. I'm hoping for. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we've got two sections left, so not a lot of time. But things are going to be speeding up in the way that they do in in Sanderson books. So, uh, let's get ready for those. Our episode for next week. Uh, It's going to be the rest of part two. Uh, That's chapters 46 through 54 uh, is nine chapters, takes us all the way to the end of the section uh, and leaves us with just part three to finish everything off. So I am very excited for the the way that this this book is going to wrap up. And uh, I hope that we have some... uh, some excitement, some uh, predictions coming true or not. There's definitely some that are going to be fun to check off yes, and also some that will be fun to check off no. Uh, so we'll see We'll see which are which as, as we finish up. Uh, for those last two episodes and everything else that we do, you can find those at alwaysanotherpodcast.com as well as sending us emails at contact at alwaysanotherpodcast.com uh, you also have available our various social media sites, Twitter at always another pod, Instagram at always another pod, and Mastodon at always another pod at kind.social. Uh, just two episodes to go in this book. I am looking forward to how we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. And I'm going to sign this episode off so that we can go make progress on that. Yeah. Yeah. True believers, I just want to say it right now. If Serene's mother, we find out, dies off screen between Elantris 1 and 2 before we ever see or meet her, that still counts as us winning. It can still happen. (sighs) 